0: A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive through Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The next Zone Golf Scramble.
1: Here we use a lot of F-words. Food, fiber, and farming. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. And
0: maybe a little bit fuzzy as far as our air quality on a Monday. We've got a bunch of alerts out there as far as air quality awareness is concerned as we start this final Monday of July. Morning everybody. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yonke. So glad you're along with us. Yeah, like I said, temperatures this week are definitely going to be something to contend with. Looking at highs probably in the upper 90s by the time we get to Wednesday. And today we have to factor in an air quality alert we'll look for partly sunny skies today 87 are expected high tomorrow partly sunny and 90 degrees wednesday partly sunny and 92 thursday full-on sun and 95 degrees no i do not see much of a chance of rain in the forecast at all this week but we'll find out about that when we talk with Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist. You know, this uh, dry weather is not only impacting our gardens, our lawns, and our field crops, it's also impacting some of the transportation on the Mississippi River. Charity Seabacker has been catching up with some of our barge captains to find out how they're starting to plan strategy already for the harvest of 2023. Stick around for all those details and more.
2: For those of us in agriculture, we are faced with physical and emotional challenges every day, from long days to changing weather and from volatile markets to the weight of caring for your family and ensuring a legacy, it takes a toll. You are not alone. The Wisconsin Farm Center is here to help. If you need support or need to talk, you can call the Farmer Wellness 24-7 helpline at 888-901-2558 or visit the website datcp.wi.gov and search for the Wisconsin Farm Center for more information.
3: Whether it's finally getting that blue ribbon or enjoying too many carnival rides, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs as they celebrate 100 years of fairs to share the fair story. Entries are being accepted all summer long and there are cash prizes. To enter and see full contest details, visit midwestfarmreport.com. We're
1: on Keeping Wisconsin strong Rural Mutual Insurance is a proud sponsor of the Wisconsin State Fair. As a thank you for your support, they're giving away state fair tickets. Visit RuralMutual.com win and enter to win state fair tickets.
4: Rural Mutual Insurance Keeping Wisconsin strong
5: Washington is a busy place. A delegation from the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation was recently in Washington, D.C., and that included the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Vice President Joe Brager from the Independence Area. And, uh, Joe, first of all, give us the lay of the land as far as uh, how many from Wisconsin were out there and uh, what areas were they in as far as committee members, board members, who was attending the meetings out there? Earlier this year, I would say, uh, starting last year, we
4: had two committees work and really look at uh, the farm bill coming up, and so. You know, we have nine districts in uh, Farm Bureau, so that's scattered around the state. We had members of our Dairy Committee and members of a special Farm Bill Committee that we had put together, along with board members. Totally about 19 people that traveled to Washington to give the message on what's needed to help agriculture.
5: So who did you actually get exposure to? Farm Committee, the Ag Committee chairs, or members from Wisconsin around the country? And uh, what were the discussions about? Crop insurance, food programs, what did you talk about in the Farm Bill?
4: Well, we had the opportunity to meet with uh, Senator Tammy Baldwin and Ron Johnson, as well as the, you know, all the uh, congressional delegation uh, that our members uh, uh, are represented by. And uh, we had a great opportunity to talk, you know, we broke, if I break it down a little bit into what we're looking at in, in crops, Of course, here in Wisconsin, there's been somewhat of a transition happening. So more and more folks are growing row crops, uh, looking to expand those base acres that we have that have been established so long ago, uh, putting us at a disadvantage. Uh, Again, expressing the need for the risk management tools, you know, ARC, PLC, uh, those things that we have in place. If we talk about dairy, uh, we look at uh, DMC has been a, a very helpful tool for many farmers. Uh, there's a push to expand the amount uh, from 5 million up to 10 million pounds that, that you can enroll, uh, increasing that bottom uh, level uh, from 450 to 550, and uh, making sure that folks understand that, that feed calculation that was changed some years ago has made the program useful to our farmers. We also talked about federal milk marketing order reform. Um, Going back to the higher of, so many farmers have been affected by those negative PPDs. uh, Trying to alleviate some of that. Um, Also, you look at whole milk in schools, um, the nutrition programs, which are so vital. You know, 80% of the farm bill is uh, nutrition programs. Yet, you know, it goes both ways. There's a lot of folks that say there would be no farm bill if it wouldn't be tied to nutrition. But I've also heard, you know, urban legislators say, well, they appreciate the fact that agriculture is tied to it because sometimes they wonder if there would be a nutrition program without being attached to the farm bill itself and and the farmers pushing. So um, keeping those two things together uh, is also vitally important.
5: What response did you get from the members of Congress, not only our delegation, but also from other parts of the country, as far as crop insurance, as far as the risk management programs, and, of course, federal milk marketing orders, they've got to have special hearings and things like that. But again, the nutrition program when we had a school milk program and kids get a half a pint of milk once a day we didn't have a milk surplus but they saw fit to get rid of that what kind of positive movement so to speak did you get from the members of Congress
4: well we didn't get any extreme pushback which was good to hear I think uh, the whole issue around uh, fats and, and in our diet uh, that's being revisited and um, you know, came away fairly positive, of course, you know, you have to deal sometimes with other agencies, especially when we talk in, in the labeling, right? Um, and so that makes it a little more complicated to get things done. But you're exactly right, you know, when we we think of, uh, yeah, I'm just going to say it, that skim milk... Out of that carton isn't always the tastiest. You expose people to something they don't like. How long are they going to drink milk when they have the choice to drink milk after that? So, getting that chocolate milk available, getting that nutrition, we know that there are many students. You know, we 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 we're simple people. We 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 think the world is great, but surprisingly, in our local communities, there are many kids that don't get the nutrition that they that they need. Um, and so, getting that to them in school is so important, getting them off to a good start.
5: And Joe, you've been out to Washington, D.C. many times. You know how this works. But you did something a little different. You went to the Ukrainian embassy. Tell us about that experience and what you learned. Bob, I will tell you that was one of the most humbling experiences
4: uh, that I have had in in my time, probably 20 years involved with Farm Bureau, going to D.C. This time, uh, I would say there were many, many tears in the room. Uh, We had uh, great opportunity, as busy as those folks are, dealing with their situation. Ambassador Oksana Markaroa met with us and explained the situation, in ukraine right now and uh it it it's you you don't think about that when we're doing our field work but can you imagine among all your other troubles you have to worry about landmines now with the breaking of that dam uh the tremendous amount of acres that are flooded the shelling that's happening um it's just a it's a terrible situation over there Uh, She talked about 8 million people being displaced from the country. Uh, They can calculate that in the zones that are unoccupied. In the occupied zones, it's very difficult to tell Uh, you know the people she talked about children being taken from their families or or out of uh, orphanages and otherwise and she said that in Russia they changed the rules those children can be adopted in as little as one day now Um, and so the breakup of families uh, that is happening the death the devastation and and we can talk about the environmental impacts of everything that's going on Um, these are going to be long-term consequences when asked about how much there, You know, when you look at the black dirt in the world, Ukraine has about 25% of the black dirt and the best soil in the world. A lot of that, again, is littered with mines. We have equipment that's been uh, blown up, burnt up, all of that contaminating the soil, ruining the soil structure. There's a real concern over the long-term environmental damage. The other thing that really hit me... I could not believe in the conversation we asked, what can we do as as farmers and so forth over here to help out? She said, when we rebuild, we are going to rebuild better. And we're going to need to replace the things that have been destroyed, and we're going to replace them better. And I was struck by two things. I was struck by the fact that that strong belief that they will triumph over this situation and the idea that they're going to rebuild better. And and I brought to her attention, I said, you know, here I have seen many farmers devastated over a barn fire. I can't imagine what it's like over there. And she said, yes, we cry, but we know we have work to do. And then she went on to talk about mental health. We hear a lot of that over here. And so she, she talked about, you know, they're good. They're working on it now. The First Lady has plans in place is really promoting working with children. Because if you think of going to school in the basement, in the cellar, so that you're protected from the shelling, uh, they know how to work with the civilian population for the most part. Where the challenge is going to come in, she said, And this I found very interesting as a farmer. The challenge is going to come in helping those soldiers after the war and the farmers. She said, that's two class of people that you just can't walk into and tell them, sit down and visit with me. She said, because they will tell you, you don't know. You don't know what it's like. Because right now, the farmers will not leave their animals. And I get a little choked up, I apologize. But you know how that is, Bob. The farmers will take care of their things, and some of them are dying because they will not leave. And so it's going to be a challenging thing over there to get these people whole again.
5: It's a terrible situation, but uh, farmers around the world are tough, and Ukrainians are that way. Joe Brogger with us. Joe, the vice president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, experiences recently in Washington, D.C. From the northern end of the world's longest barn, I'm Bob O'Sold. This is the Midwest Farm Report
1: with Pam Youngke. At Bergstrom Automotive, we have a non commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before? Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. At Bergstrom Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Join the-
2: This is Matt Gunderson and this is Elmer, <laughs> our canine cuddle ambassador here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration.
6: Let our family help your family.
2: Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you
7: the heebie-jeebies. From navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit MHImaging.com.
1: From her mouth? To the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: On a Monday morning, I think everybody cringing a little bit to think about the heat we are going to experience in Wisconsin. Of course, that's nothing new for a lot of folks that are in the southwest, for example. Time for our Compure Financial Ag Weather Updates. Tumaka is along with us. Yeah, you know, I'm. we're going to see the 90s, but I, I do feel sympathy for those folks in the southwest. They've been seeing triple digits for what, going on two weeks straight? huh
7: Uh, at least that long i was on the phone with a gentleman in fort worth texas on friday and we got to talking about temperatures and i said yeah it's going to be in the low 80s today he says wow that's kind (laughs) of (laughs) cool
0: well yeah like you say uh i'm seeing posts on facebook and on the news uh, 118 not unusual for some of those areas we're not going to push it that far but it is going to feel like that by midweek huh
7: Oh yeah. Midweek we're going to warm up. I think we all will be at least around 90 or in the 90s. The heat index kicks in then. You know, that combination of heat and humidity makes the feels like temperature that could push up to 100 or a little bit above 100. So it is going to be a lot more stressful. I think our livestock, us, our crops, everybody going to show that that really warm air is trying to build on in. And along with that, Hey, our friends from Canada are kicking in and the air quality alert goes in effect at 7 a.m. this morning through noon on Tuesday. And I'm hearing that we're going to see that hazy smoke and could smell it now and again in that next day or so. So it's going to take on that summer hazy hot pattern around here. Just enough instability. I mean, with a cool front trying to drop in from the north today, there is a little cluster of rain east of Hayward heading toward uh, Tomahawk and Rhinelander this morning. Way up on the northern edge of the state. That's not going to spread down to us. Don't get your hopes built up. But I expect with that little front and the instability created from hot and sticky weather, there could be a small chance of a late night shower or storm tonight. Maybe late Tuesday night into Wednesday, a scattered shower or storm. Nothing too severe being indicated, but little pop-up showers around as the hot air will be building in. I'll have forecast details right after this.
1: At the University of Wisconsin-Madison, Agriculture is in our nature. It's where our research feeds our families, as well as our economy. Where we're not just growing our food, we're growing our futures. Where world-class education and innovation begin. Because you can't stop a badger. Wisconsin State Fair work should come with me to the Wisconsin. The great state of Wisconsin.
6: State fair. There's something for everyone at the Wisconsin State Fair presented by U.S. Cellular August 3rd through the 13th.
0: All right, buddy. We've got county fair activity coming up uh, this week. Rock County, Columbia County, Washington County. They're gonna be a tough, t- tough one on both man and beast this week.
7: Yeah, we're going to have that summertime weather, no doubt about that. And in fact, our Compure Financial Ag weather forecast, a mostly sunny Monday, becoming hazy. And feeling more like summer, I expect a lot of us to be in the mid or upper 80s. Lacrosse pushing toward 90 already today. Winds become southwest about 5. There's that very slight shower chance late today or this evening. Otherwise, hazy, partly cloudy overnight. Mid and upper 60s only for lows, not cooling off a great deal. Southeast winds around 5. Another sunny, hazy day Tuesday. Upper 80s most likely 90 or better at Lacrosse. South winds at 5 to 10. Very early Wednesday morning, call it late Tuesday night, if you will, into Wednesday. Scattered showers, maybe an isolated thunderstorm. Keep your fingers crossed. Otherwise, mostly sunny and hot Wednesday. All of us hit 90. It'll be in the 90s further west. And even warmer with sunshine for Thursday, Pam. Get that ice block ready.
0: Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Won't last very long, but yeah, you're right. We're going to lead to find relief wherever we can. All right, buddy, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks.
7: You got it. See you then.
0: Stumac, our ag meteorologist with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit compure.com. It's not only farmers that are concerned about this hot, dry weather that's moving back into Wisconsin. But uh, think about uh, river transportation. We rely on that come harvest. We've got a story with Charity Seebecker focused in on that. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
2: What BioVet does, and where the livestock producer gets their benefit, is our technology helps them with the things that they sometimes don't even know they're missing out on. Not just worrying about animals when they're sick, but trying to keep them as healthy and happy as possible as well. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet microbials, and nutritional support. That's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com.
5: You know when you've really made it? When
1: you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want.
5: Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling.
2: Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall.
8: Chris Collini with a dirty little
2: secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant.
3: Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Collini Topsoil. Now that's good dirt.
7: You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll
1: make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter fix, getter done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. They don't want you to be concerned about medical bills. That's why they offer one of the best benefits and insurance packages around. They take care of the community by providing temporary energy for local festivals and fairs. A good sign they'll also take care of you.
8: If you're an experienced electrician that takes pride in your work and wants to join a rising reliable company with a premier benefits package, apply online at
3: everreadyelectric.net.
1: Are you a non-union construction tradesperson proud of what you do? Did you know you're worth so much more than what you're bringing home today? Put the power of LiUNA union labor to work for you. When you join LiUNA, you get the pay you deserve, plus pension and health care benefits above and beyond your compensation. That's zero deductions for pension and health care benefits with LiUNA, because you're worth it. Learn more at liunawisconsin.org join. What if you didn't care about being on the fast track? Instead of flying to the big interview, what if you flew somewhere else altogether? Like a village in Botswana or a tiny island in the Pacific where needs are easy to see? What if you decided to share your skills with others and help someone else get ahead? Peace Corps, life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov.
0: Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face.
1: William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler.
2: Sweeta Metal Roofing
0: customers choose us
2: because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore.
0: There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters.
2: It's one and done.
0: It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a sweeta Metal Roof.
2: S-W-I-T-A Metal Roofing dot
1: Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. I'm going to say right now, Christian Yelich is definitely
2: all the way back. Another game, another home run, up to 14, one triple away from the cycle again. Yelich doing it, Rowdy. You had some uh, Christian uh, Yelich stats. Yeah, because I would say when the Brewers acquired Christian Yelich back in the winter of 2018, leading up to the 2018 season, I don't think there was a bigger fan of the move than myself. Yeah, You immediately called up China and said, get those three-year-olds to make me a jersey. I got a, I got a jersey about a month after that he had signed with the Brewers, what, two, three months before he had even taken his first at bat with the Brewers. Yeah, you had to help the sweatshop spell his name. And loved his profile of where he was at with the, the Marlins and what he was projecting to be at Miller Park at the time. And this was a Christian Yelich that came up right away. And as a 21 to 23 year old kid played really good defense hit for a high average and was like a double sitter. Then he changed his launch angle and, and, you know, 16 and 17, put on a little bit more pop to that bat. Launch angle, shout out to Daner. Yeah, filled, filled out the body a little bit more and started hitting for a little bit more power. He wasn't just a doubles average hitter. He he could have a little bit of pop. And it was like the projection to playing in Milwaukee. He should be even better. He was a fringe all-star back then. He should be an all-star with the Brewers. Well, then he popped, right? 2018, 2019. That is prime Christian Yelich that is should have been a two-time MVP if he doesn't foul that ball off of his kneecap. But then since then we saw in 2020, the average dip, but the power production numbers were still there, but the average was awful. Mm-hmm. And then 2021 and 2022 Christian Yelich uh, was almost to a T an average hitter, mm-hmm. an average hitter in almost all Stat it stats it, and he wasn't even hitting for any power like it, it was like, like there it was a, doing it was a power outage yeah and it, that was brutal because I remember 2021 we were sitting there with that team that was one of two teams that I thought could legitimately in my Brewers fandom win a World Series. It was 2011 and 2021. Sure. Now I won't lie. I jumped on the bandwagon when they got hot in 2018 and be like, we're going to win. it." Oh yeah, of course. They're one game away. But like middle of the season, when you're looking at those, those were the two teams that I thought these are world series caliber teams, Mm -hmm. but it was like, we're trying to drag Christian Yelich as in the Milwaukee Brewers. were trying to drag Christian Yelich across the finish line. He was so bad in those seasons. (laughs) And it was like, they were doing it in spite of him. Now you look at it. And you mentioned how Christian Yelich comes out here, you know, since basically 2020, he's put out these videos every once in a while. I like, I'm back or look at these highlights because he'll get hot for a couple games or maybe at the most, a couple weeks. And what did I tell you this year? I'm not ready to say he's back. Oh, he's back. Uh, he's got to show me something more than just a week or two. He's dragging a hog around now. Well, if you look at his month by month, he hit 228 in April, but since April he hit 284 in May, he has hit 320 in June, mm. and he is currently hitting 345 oh, in baby. July. <laughs> now, if you extrapolate what his current numbers are for a a full 162 game season, Christian Yelich is on pace to hit in the 280s. Okay, he's on pace to have an OPS over 830. Okay, but here are his numbers. He's he'll he's on pace to have 23 to 24 home runs this year. 90 to 92 RBIs and 35 to 36 stolen bases. If you would have told me Christian Yelich hits 285 with 23 home runs, 90 RBIs, 35 stolen bases, OPS over 830, OPS plus over 120, I will have said Christian Yelich is back. Uh, if he can get through the rest of July and just keep uh, playing, I will officially anoint on August 1st, Christian Yelich to be back because he had done it for three months and that's half a season. Mm -hmm. I think we're, I think we're seeing it, but you know what else is actually very interesting when you go through his numbers He's actually kind of having his 2016 year, two years before he came to Milwaukee, where he was a fringe all-star. He actually won the silver slugger and finished in the top 20 of MVP voting. I think he's on pace to do uh, kind of those exact same things this year, especially if he keeps this up. But one thing that's really interesting, Ebo, when you look at all of his, his stats and some of his war stuff. Yes. This is his best season defensively since he was 24.
1: Sure, she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: Speaking of flying, did anybody else notice all the increased air traffic over the state of Wisconsin this past weekend? We noticed that uh, quite a few planes were headed up to the EAA Air Adventure on Saturday when we did our Farm Bay Boogie Tractor Parade. Boy, if you're headed up to Oshkosh, prepare for the elements. It is going to be a hot, sticky week. Today, partly sunny and 87. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 90 degrees. Wednesday, partly sunny, 92. Thursday, sunshine, 95 degrees. Also, sending our best wishes to all the folks that are going to be hosting county fairs this week. That includes the Rock County Fair down in Janesville, Columbia County Fair. That's happening in Portage and the Washington County Fair in West Bend. I'm PM Yankee. Glad you're along with us. On this, the 24th day of July, final, well, no, I take that back. It's not the final uh, Monday of the month. That'll be next week. But it is the 24th day of July. What can I tell you? On this day back in 1995, then-Governor Tommy Thompson started a statewide Harley-Davidson ride to promote the new Brewers' Ballpark. He was joined on a couple legs of the trip by Brewers legend Robin Yount. Governor Tommy Thompson started his ride on this day back in 1995. On this day in 1959, a series of debates, now popularly called the Kitchen Debate, happened between U.S. Vice President Richard Nixon and Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev. It happened in Moscow. Nixon was visiting a house that was built as part of an exhibit in the American National Exhibition, The kitchen debates happened on this day, back in 1959. And happy birthday to actress, singer, Jennifer Lopez. She is 54 years young today, and now you know. I know a lot of students don't want to think about school resuming in a little over a month, but it's a reality, and while they're enjoying their time away from the classroom, a lot of teachers and administrators are focused in on curriculum that will greet them coming up this fall. Stephanie Hoff has more on how that curriculum is being shaped by jobs available today.
6: School tours are a part of the job description for Department of Workforce Development Secretary Amy Pahachek. She travels to see how high schools, technical colleges, and universities are building the next generation of Wisconsin's workforce. She tells me about a recent trip to a dairy education facility in Wausau. We recently went on a tour at North Central Technical College at one of their working dairy farms, and it was really amazing to see how they're using automation and artificial intelligence to help supplement um, some of the the tasks around a working farm, Um, and that's especially important during a worker quantity challenge like we have, which is only going to continue to get worse, and so some of the really cool things they had there were, um, you know, they had the automated milking stations for the cows, and they had different technologies. In those uh, milking stations that could tell, you know, the health of the cow and looking at the herd health overall by checking, you know, gut microbes and (laughs) proteins. They even had automated barn cleaning, like a giant Roomba that went through and the cows were fed um, through automated systems as well. And it was just really neat to see Wisconsin again leading the way with hands on technology and automation and being. Being really uh, front and center of this agricultural industry with the most cutting edge technology and training our upcoming next generation of workers on what a great and advanced field that this has become. So how do you use your leverage as secretary of the Department of Workforce Development to ensure that education, whether it's technical colleges, whether it's universities, whether it's high schools, are getting the resources they need? to train a strong workforce. We work with both the technical colleges and the Department of Public Instruction on what types of programs are being offered throughout the state. Um, It's really important to make sure that the youth are exposed to all of the different aspects that the agriculture industry offers. And again, that can be from organic crops, to dairy, to all kinds of other types of uh, agricultural industries, as well as those supportive industries such as IT, administration, uh, diesel mechanics logistics and so we work with all of the various educational partners through not only apprenticeship but through uh, career counseling and we survey all of our local businesses and local economies to see what needs they have and really make sure that we've got that full circle loop so that we are working together with our local employers to ensure that they have the future workforce they need to be successful. That was Department of Workforce Development Secretary Amy Pahacek. You can find the full interview with Secretary Pahacek at MidwestFarmReport.com. Just visit our podcast page. I'm Stephanie Hoff. The North American Manure Expo, the premier event in nutrient innovation, research, and solutions, returns to Arlington, Wisconsin on August 9th and 10th. View manure spreading and agitation demos up close and in action. Compare the latest and greatest technology side by side and learn everything you need to know about today's manure management innovations and solutions. Take in a tour, attend an education session, network with colleagues, and much more at the North American Manure Expo, August 9th and 10th in Arlington. Register today at manureexpo.com.
0: Big gains in dairy on Friday in Chicago. Barrel cheese was up seven cents at one sixty-five and a half. Forty-pound black cheese gained six and a quarter cents at one seventy-eight and a quarter. Double A butter was up four and three quarter cents to two fifty-eight and a quarter. Now this morning in Chicago, we've got our August milk down a penny, sixteen seventy. September milk's unchanged. 17670 weight. December corn's up fourteen at five fifty. November beans right now up eleven and a half at fourteen thirteen. And September wheat, that's up thirty-one cents right now, seven hundred twenty-eight a bushel. Boy, no rain in the forecast again this week. That, coupled with temperatures that are going to be in the 90s, have a lot of people concerned, not just farmers. It also includes some of the transportation arteries Wisconsin depends on, like those of the Mississippi River. Details coming up.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
6: I think the collaboration that we see between Wisconsin Farm Bureau and these other commodity groups gives us a cohesive message, a singular stance in agriculture that offers credibility. It gives us a cohesive message and support for all of our agricultural organizations.
1: WFBF.com.
6: It's easy to join.
1: A voice for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau.
2: Huge amounts of time sitting incorrectly in the office can easily give that slouch an ouch. This is Zach from Office Furniture Warehouse. Help your back pain, neck pain, and eye strain with adjustable desks, chairs, or dual arm monitor mounts from Office Furniture Warehouse. Name brand Office Furniture with warehouse pricing allows us to create better workspaces for America's workforce. For healthy choices without the ouch, visit OFWGoMadison.com or stop by the showroom on Ronald Reagan Avenue.
7: That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate.
1: We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's.
2: Hi, it's Preston from Window World, and although I'd love to talk your ear off about windows, today's all about doors. Your front door can say a lot about you. Window World specializes in turning a bland entrance into a grand entrance. We have top quality products, a variety of paint and stain options, and certified factory-trained installers. It's a no-brainer. Visit us at windowworldmadison.com.
1: Here's a crew perfectly comfortable using Baylor twine as a belt. This is the Midwest Farm Report.
3: There's no better way to get a first-hand look at the low water levels of the Mississippi River and the impacts that it has on shipments than the pilot house of a river towboat. I'm Charity Sebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Jimmy Cheatham, barge captain on the western rivers, otherwise known as Captain J-Rock on TikTok, provides some insight into what he's facing.
8: I have been farming, raised on the farms from the get-go, and I've been a line boat captain for about 28 years, collectively working on the river about 35 years. I guess the biggest draw would be the. I live in a rural America here in, in the Hill, of Missouri, and there's not a lot of job opportunity. My dad was a, a wheelman on the boat, and my grandfather was as well. And uh, I tried to break away. I went to college, got a degree, just no doors would open up. I worked my way through college, so I went back out there on the boat, and that's where I stayed.
3: During peak harvest, all we heard about really was the low water levels and how that was affecting transportation. Well, now we've been kind of in a drought right here with little to no rain. So how are the water levels looking?
8: It's not looking real good. We're going to see a repeat of last year, I'm afraid.
3: How has that impacted... The movement of commodities is. Take me through what that's looked like, the freight traffic, things like that.
8: On the aspect of the river transportation, when we have low water, the tow sizes are reduced. That's the number of barges we can push. And there's always the potential and possibilities of river closures due to channel failure, and they have to go in there and dredge, which might take 24 hours, it might take a week. That's one of the things that hampers us during low water stages.
3: You mentioned the tow numbers. What is a normal tow number year compared to where we're kind of looking at for this year?
8: Well, you know, you're looking at like 6,000 horsepower boat. will generally take 15 out of the upper Mississippi. That will do. Extreme low water, when St. Louis gets below zero on the gauge, reduces to, uh, instead of 25 out of St. Louis to Cairo, we take 20. And that trickle affects on down the river. You know, usually those same size boats will take 20 on down the river, sometimes 25. But your bigger horsepower boats, like your 10 11-thousands, that normally take 46 loads, they're reduced down to 36 loads. And that causes a backlog of barges in the fleets. Also to mention, when the river drops continuously, like it's looking like it's going to do, then they have to lighten the drafts. Instead of Cairo South going to a 10-6 or 11-6 foot draft barge, they're going to 8.5 foot, 9 foot. And that's less tonnage moved. So it takes more barges to move the product which causes the price of shipping to go up.
3: Can you give me some insight into the seasonality of moving these commodities out of Wisconsin? For instance, we just put a new crop in the ground, but with having to cut those tonnages down and the amount you're able to move, are we still moving quite a bit of the past crop, or what is this looking like currently?
8: China did a little bit of a thing. They canceled a pretty large order, which didn't affect a lot of the market even price-wise. The long-term effect that we're looking at for, like, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, moving product, it could divert to rail if the lower Mississippi gets congested due to low water.
3: So, what products are you hauling? I know you're back on land now, but when you were out there most recently, what have you been hauling, or are you seeing more of a demand for certain products than others?
8: Right now... We're still trying to get a lot of agricultural products to move north into the cities in St. Paul, Minnesota, and all destinations in between. Carrying a lot of fertilizers up, bulk salt, we haul steel, anything that can be moved by bulk. But right now, there's been a lot of fertilizer being moved up that should have been already in place.
3: What are the labor aspects of this job like? Are there a lot of captains, or do people really know (laughs) that this is a job opportunity or want to be this?
8: No, right now, as in any industry, we are in dire straits for potential prospects to hire on. At one time, I read, this has been a few years ago, the maritime industry was 75,000 men and women short. The numbers have breached 180,000 now currently. And our industry, just on the Western Rivers aspect of it, is hurting. We're not getting the, the, the younger people out there to work. The potential to move up to a chief engineer or to a wheelman or a pilot or captain, advancement is, can happen real quick for you. You put in your time, which the Coast Guard requires, a certain set of hours that you have to work before you can apply for, like, a, a mate's or a uh, apprentice license to be a pilot. You know, a young gentleman or a gal starting out about 18 to 20 years old can be in the wheelhouse if they really work hard by the time they're 28, making six figures. But the competition to that is there's a lot of trade skills today in manufacturing facilities that is paying close to the same thing where they can be home.
3: How has that labor shortage then affected movement? Is there a certain amount that you're behind because you don't have as much labor to be able to move these things?
8: No, we are keeping the boats crewed right now. But in the future, I can see a potential effect. Um, and I say that in respect to the number of uh, baby boomers that has retired out of the industry. Then you've got the Gen X. You know, we're all looking at retirement between now and the next eight years. I'm thinking there, there could be some potential uh, issues here in about 10 to 12 years.
3: We rely on the Mississippi River. So is there anything happening at key ports or disputes that are affecting the transportation of these goods?
8: Right now, there's not. Now, they're having a little issues on the lower Mississippi when it gets to down around zero places. I know our Blackwater Harbor in the New Madrid area, I think is experiencing some difficulty loading barges to 10-6 draft or 10-9 draft. And that's happening on down the river. You're going to see a lot of ports or a lot of facilities, granaries, fertilizing, docks, whatnot, loading at a uh, lighter draft. And there's potential that if the river continues to fall like last year, some of these facilities won't be able to load or ports will be too shallow.
3: You mentioned the possibility of some of this transportation switching to rail. Is there tension with rail going on?
8: Between the barge industry and rail As far as tension, no. It takes all three methods of transportation, the trucker, the railway, and the waterways to keep America moving. What happens when we get backed up and they try to divert to rail, it puts a lot of tension at that point on rail because they have to bring more boxcars out. They have to bring more engines out. And like any other industry, they have a labor issue themselves, older equipment, and it's hard on the entire network.
3: Are there any other key challenges right now that you're seeing that are affecting the transportation?
8: Weather is our biggest on-site that we really have to watch. As far as you know, transportation itself, the products that we have to move. No, I mean you know, our river systems are maintained, and they continuously have to maintain them in low water. It takes, like I said, with dredging and efforts to to keep the channels open. And normal river stages from Cairo South. You know, Carroll being in the 20s and Memphis being around 15 foot, which is common the last few Junes that we've had due to snow and rain. You know, things flow pretty good, but this early fallout, this ain't nothing new. The river is not going to go dry. But it will cause issues and slow things down some. And that in turn, I think it's going to hurt the farmer.
3: So what trends do you see then coming in the second half of 2023?
8: Well, just in my experience being on the farm and whatnot, I'm more worried about the small farmer. Those that's 5,000 acres and below, they may have to uh, co-op and build some uh, grain storage facilities there on the farm and be able to store their product until later into the fall especially the central Midwest when it's not uh, accessible by rail to send to the West Coast. And most of our products go south to the Gulf of Mexico and go out. The cost of fertilizer right now, man, is a killer on the farmer. I think for the fall, if, if the farmer had the facilities and the storage to do it, I think that if they could book and buy fertilizer, I mean, it's like throwing the dice on price. That's one of the big things right there. It seems like in my area, that might slow the farmer down some. I'd say if they could book ahead of time for next year and get it delivered and store it, that might be an option. But it'd be an awful expensive one. Right now, the companies and the speculators, how everybody's looking at it. The you know, potential rainfall over the next 90 days. We know where the trouble spots are. The Corps of Engineers are already out with dredges right now. I'm thinking this year it may move a little bit better than last year. And it all goes back of how much money the federal government wants to fund these dredging operations. I mean, the waterways were developed by the federal government, and if they're going to maintain them or not. We're blessed the fact that Lock 24 and 25 will be built, and they've already started the groundbreaking procedures on new lock chambers, 1,200-foot chambers with those two locks, which will expedite southbound tonnage, or even northbound tonnage on the upper Mississippi. The farmers today are more uh, educated into the sense of world affairs. I think my advice to the farmers is dig together, help one another, and watch those uptrends in the markets. I mean, you know, South America is one of our biggest competitors right now, and If they start having a not-so-good year, then it's time for us to step up and support that means and profit from
3: it. That was Jimmy Cheatham, barge captain on the Western Rivers. Look for the link to his TikTok page in the article on our website for informational videos and a first-hand look into how things are going on the Mississippi.